We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, Representative Frank Hornstein, a DM fellow from Minneapolis, is going to join us. And Representative Hornstein is the chairman of the Transportation Committee because one of the big controversies right now here in the Twin Cities metro area and one of the big controversies facing the legislature is what to do about the construction delays and the huge cost overruns on the Southwest Light Rail Transit Line. And we will get Representative Hornstein's thoughts on that coming up following the weather. Here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. The news about Southwest light rail has not been good as of late. We've learned of some expensive cost overruns and some major construction delays. And now, potentially related to construction, some cracks in a condo near the light rail construction. And joining us to visit about it, Representative Frank Hornstein from Minneapolis, D.O. Feller, represents District 61A. Uh, covers uh, the area around Lake of the Isles and Bidet Makaska. Uh, Representative Hornstein, good to visit with you today. Thank you for having me. Good afternoon. Yeah, thanks so much for the time today. And there have been a lot of headlines, radio, television, newspaper, whatever, about uh, wh- what's going on with Southwest Light Rail Transit. It's going to need uh, potentially hundreds of millions of dollars in in funding, and the line won't be finished uh, until later this decade, uh, and there, there's a lot of talk about digging into what's gone wrong and, and what can be done to ultimately complete this line. Yeah, you described that very perfectly. Um, myself and Senator Dibble, who also represents this area, along with our Republican colleagues on the Transportation Committees in the House and Senate, do want to dig into this issue, and so we have legislation that will require an audit of the project, uh, an audit uh, sponsored by the legislative auditor, someone that works for the legislature, works for the people on a nonpartisan basis to really uh, dig into this. So it's an independent uh, assessment. Uh, you are chair of the House uh, Transportation Committee, and there, there seems to be a bipartisan uh, agreement. There, There isn't a lot of bipartisan agreement, but on this particular issue there is about trying to find out what went wrong and uh, pardon the pun how this thing got so far off the rails yes um, i'm very pleased that the transportation leadership in both the house and the senate in both parties uh, shares a real concern for uh, what's gone wrong and how we can correct it and so uh, the bill that uh, i described was already passed unanimously in the Senate Transportation Committee and will be heard in the House Transportation Committee this coming Thursday. So what what ultimately is going to happen out of all of this? How long do you expect uh, the, the study, if you will, to and maybe kind of dismantling the, the entire process and what went wrong? Well, uh, it, it will be a very thorough study, and we are going to have to get some uh, other... Uh, 
staff support for the legislative auditor because we really want to dig deep into the issues, the history of this project, what's going on with the contractors, uh, how it can be remedied. So um, it could take up to a year. I think that there will be some pieces of the study that could be done uh, really in, in a matter of months. So um, we'll be monitoring this very closely and really digging deep and looking for answers. Um, one, one thing we do know is that a lot of money has been spent already. There's been a lot of construction done. There are some people say, well, we should just pull a pin on this thing and, and forget about it. That isn't feasible, is it? Well, that would be very difficult at this point. It's 60% uh, completed. There's a lot of contracts, a lot of money that uh, uh, would need to be owed back to the federal government and, and other contractors. So, um, you know, that would be a, a, a challenge. But I hope that there are some uh, things that can be done in the immediate term that can really get this project uh, back within some sort of reasonable uh, financial condition and uh, hopefully you know right now we're looking at uh, 2027 uh, maybe we could uh, with some changes move that forward but uh, at this point we just need to get the study done and um, authorized by the legislature. Do you expect the construction to resume when weather allows that there there won't be construction delays that work will continue here in 2022 well there's construction going on and sure. actually one of our concerns uh you had mentioned earlier this uh very large uh building where people are living a condominium uh complex called the uh calhoun isles uh, condominiums and uh they are um experiencing some damage to the building now as a result of the construction, some cracks that have appeared. And I, uh, we're very, very concerned about that. It was something that w we really warned that the, both the residents and some of the um, elected officials in the neighborhood warned that this kind of thing could happen, and in fact it did. So, you know, I would be very careful and cautious about uh, construction around those condos until we get more answers about what's causing those cracks and how that can be alleviated. Well, one of the concerns also about the project, and I noticed this, I, I, I live in northern Hennepin County and used to work and, and would commute all the way down to Eden Prairie in the area of where the line terminates near that Eden Prairie Transit Center west to the mall. And and all those years driving down there and construction of some of the bridges and the viaducts, I thought, boy, this is really a complicated route to get to this transit center. Was this the most cost-effective way? And I think now as people take a look at the project and say, you know, was this the most cost-effective? And I would assume what, what the legislature and, and the audit is going to look at is that design process and, and was the most efficient way to build this line considered. Yes, exactly. That is one of the questions that's on a lot of people's minds. And we are going to have a cost-benefit analysis done uh, within this audit. And you are absolutely right. Um, there are many expensive features of this. Uh, one that you mentioned, uh, the, the terminus in, in Eden Prairie. There's this tunnel uh, in, near those condos, that what we call the Kenilworth Corridor. And then there's a big crash wall that the railroads had required that closer to the terminus of the line, or not the terminus, but the uh, the line in downtown um, 
near the Target Center in the Bryn Mawr neighborhood, uh, that's become a bloated, expensive problem. So, you know, those are just three examples of uh, areas where this route has run into problems. And again, many people warned about this, and uh, and that's what's so frustrating. And uh, the, the the dollar amount is staggering. There is good news that uh, there is a budget surplus right now. Tax collections are above projections, but I doubt there's a, a great deal of appetite to to pour hundreds of millions of dollars uh, I- into this project when, when there was so much opposition from the get-go. So th- there is a, a balancing act, if you will, of, of finding a way to finish this thing, uh, but without breaking the bank to finish it. And ultimately, we'll, we'll learn what those numbers are coming out of the audit, I would assume. Yeah, well, exactly. And there's no appetite uh, at the legislature for using the surplus. Uh, to address these cost overruns. Um, that will have to be done, um, you know, with the existing funding sources and, and ways in which perhaps uh, some costs can be cut uh, uh, in terms of the existing plan. Um, so uh, I just, that is just not in the cards in terms of using any of the budget surplus to, um, you know, address the uh, overruns here. Representative Frank Hornstein, DFL Minneapolis, uh, represents District 61A, and he is the chair of the House Transportation Committee. Is there a concern on your part that what's going on here and and all the negative publicity around Southwest Light Trail uh, has an impact on on public transit overall and the the perception of public transit overall? Well, we have strong bipartisan agreement on other forms of transit that um, are really coming into the fore now. Uh, rapid buses, for example, both on city streets and, uh, you know, freeway, what we call bus rapid transit. Uh, that has uh, become more popular, and uh, there's a decent ridership even in the pandemic uh, on these rapid buses and, and some of the local bus service. And so we had... Um, bipartisan agreement uh, over the last few years to build four more of these rapid bus lines, uh, again, that run on city streets, run on highways. So uh, that uh, that's important, and that is a, a very, very uh, good use of money for transit. We get a lot of good bang for our buck on that. And again, I think members of both parties can agree on that uh, particular transit strategy. And then beyond that, I, I'm sure when you're addressing something that's clearly uh, impacting the metro area, Southwest light rail transit or the rapid bus lines, also finding balance with the transportation needs uh, around the state of Minnesota. As someone who represents Minneapolis, I'm sure being a chair of the transportation committee is also understanding that the transit needs on the Iron Range or uh, in the Rochester area or in rural communities all over the state. I'm so glad you mentioned that because uh, there are important transit needs all over the state. You know, cities like Rochester, Duluth, St. Cloud, Moorhead all have their own bus systems. And in greater Minnesota, we're finding that uh, this is really critical, uh, even in some of the uh, rural, very rural areas and small towns. So um, as our population ages, as people need more uh, options to get to work, uh, transit is really going to be very critical uh, now and into the future. 
Yeah, and su- supporting transit. I know there there's services like uh, Metro uh, Mobility. I I happen to have a, a disabled daughter, and uh, we, we know a lot of people that take advantage of that. But but making sure uh, mobility for for the elderly or the disabled are, are available to citizens all over the state. I'm I'm sure it's a great prior, priority and a tremendous challenge considering uh, the, the the shortage we're seeing labor. Uh, school bus drivers, uh, metro transit drivers, etc. There's a lot on the plate for your committee. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we were able last session to uh, really uh, make some important changes in terms of how the Metro Mobility Service is funded. And uh, we're confident that 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 service can be improved and and enhanced over the coming years. Because as you point out, Many, many people use it, but it needs to be more reliable and safe, and uh, I think we're on a good path when it comes to metro mobility in the region. Yeah, well, Representative Hornstein, good to visit with you, and we appreciate the update, and it sounds like there's a great deal of cooperation on on getting to the bottom of of what happened and and how Southwest Light Rail Transit uh, can be completed in the most cost-effective way. That's really the goal at this point, and uh, we have a lot of work ahead of us. But as you pointed out, uh, there's a, a great deal of consensus uh, in the legislature on this. And, again, we want to get this bill through and, and signed quickly so that the legislative auditor can get to work and get us the answers that we need. Outstanding. Thanks for the update, and enjoy the weekend. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, your interest in this, and uh, uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah, good good to visit with you, Representative Frank Hornstein, uh, DFL Minneapolis, representing District 61A. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.